Makers of Sport Podcast, episode 56, with Rebecca Pfefferman. Welcome to episode 56 of the Makers of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, at TAdamMartin on Twitter. Today on the podcast, I'm very happy to welcome Rebecca Pfefferman. Rebecca is the head of SX Sports, which is a convergence track of the world-famous South by Southwest Festival that spans interactive film and music, and it's usually in March of every single year in Austin, Texas. SX Sports specifically is a three-day sports-focused program that features sessions, film screenings, and more. Uh, And then prior to becoming a part of South by Southwest Festival, Rebecca worked in the PR and entertainment industry. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Thanks for taking the time to come aboard. I know you just got back from a a trip across the pond. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. I I was in London all last week for um, another terrific sports conference called Leaders Sport Business Summit. Um, and I'm a little bit jet lagged, but I think I should be able to. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, what is Leaders of Sport? What is that? What is that conference? I'm not familiar with that one. Leaders is um, it, it's primarily a bunch of uh, UK and European um, sports industry, and it's a sort of top level sports business conversations. Um, it was it was really cool. It takes place at Stamford Bridge, which is where Chelsea Football Club play. So your backdrop is for lunch is sitting out in the stadium, which is kind of a neat facet. That's awesome. Sounds like a good experience. So uh, real quick, before we kind of start getting into the South by Southwest stuff, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and specifically your career path, maybe from college and then all the way leading up to working for SXSW? Sure. Um, yes. Well, as you mentioned, my my background is actually in entertainment originally. Um, I went to college at the University of Michigan, so I'm a Wolverine through and through. And actually, sort of relevant to where I've ended up now in sports, when I was a senior in college, I um, I helped produce an event called the Blue Out, which was the first time anybody had attempted to unite all the fans in the big house for, for a football game at Michigan. Which, which is no small task. Which is no small task <laughs> with a capacity of 112,000 plus. Um, right. And it was sort of a dumbfounding to, to me and a, a couple of the other people I did this with uh, because it you know is the largest football stadium in the country and one of the most storied fan bases. And, um, and we, we thought well, we should do something about this. So we put together this great... I mean, kind of running gun. We were we were seniors in college, and we you know in about four or five weeks put together. Um, we had a logo. We designed T-shirts. We sold them for like physically stood on, on street corners and sold about four thousand T-shirts. Um, worked with the uh, local papers and and the Detroit News and our alumni association and the other student fan organizations and the football team and the athletic department, and we were able to produce this really cool event which I, I think until we started South by Sports was probably the thing I was most proud of in my career. Um, Did you happen to work by chance with uh, a lady named Barb Kosman? 
Oh, it doesn't ring a bell. I don't know what what years would that um, She's she's in she's been in the athletic department for many years. She's like uh, I think she was over like publications. I used to do the reason why I'm asking is I used to do work for Michigan uh, back oh. uh, probably about seven eight years ago, and oh, I uh, and I worked with her. Yeah, so cool. Well, this was this was this would have been two thousand two. Um, okay, and uh, so I don't know if she was there. I worked primarily with. Um, one of the assistant ads, and then their their uh, communications guy, Dave Avloff, who actually is still there. And uh, it was funny when they hired Jim Harbaugh. I reached out and I was like, I don't know if you remember me, but uh, we should talk. And he said, Of course, I remember you. So that's awesome. That was really cool. Yeah, and so that actually led to um, it was really passion driven, but it was really in pursuit of something that I was really excited about, which was sports and Michigan sports in particular. And um, and at the time, I was angling towards doing something to help my hiring ability in the PR world. Um, so one, a lot of my focus for the blue out was, you know, I wrote a press release and I did interviews and it was kind of good practice on that. And, um, and what was really exciting is there was actually like a kind of a, a long lasting legacy out of that event because the success of the blue out that first year showed the athletic department that there was something to be had there. And actually I then worked on committee with them for the, the rest of the year to develop a student season t-shirt concept so that they get then packaged with season tickets um, and sold every year, which they continue to do now. So there's every year now you'll see all the students in the student section wearing, they, they, they ended up changing to maize, but wearing a yellow shirt, every a different one every year. And that the origination of that was the blue out. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a little, sorry, that's a, my, my special moment of pride back in school. <laughs> yeah, um, you got to hold on to those. Yeah, well, you know. Michigan, I live and breathe it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but after college, I actually moved to Los Angeles and I worked in entertainment PR. Um, so first, I started at, at Warner Brothers and in their national publicity department. So I worked on film release campaigns and then went from there to work for an agency that represented actors. I was what's called a personal publicist. So I worked with talent and did publicity for individual actors for about five years, which was. Very interesting and at times very fun and exciting. <laughs> Ultimately, it was a not a long-term life plan for me. Um, while very fun and and it was really neat to kind of work with with actors and and look at the long-term nature of their career goals and and build a PR strategy around that. Um, and I, I really had terrific clients and I liked the relationship side of it and I learned a ton. But the the time commitment for a job like that is very, very full time and that it's all the time and never ending almost. And especially working in that side of the entertainment industry in Los Angeles, um, it was a bit of a grind. So I reached a point in my career and my life really where I'd been so focused on this career path that I I was fortunate and was able to achieve quite a lot relatively quickly. But one day I sort of looked around and thought, well, what else do I have? And it wasn't much. So um, in 2008, I decided to move to Austin where my brother was living. So that was my entree into the city. But it, it just seemed like a nice kind of life here. Um, just a balance and, and a lot of different opportunities for activities and also different career paths. I really actually figured I would be leaving entertainment behind when I left. But I, I sort of made a choice that I needed to put life first for a while. And um, so I made this this decision to leave LA and and move to Austin in fall 2008 and kind of like a lunatic I did it without a job. Um, I think I like to joke I like I, I drove from LA to Austin and I, and I joke that when I left LA the economy was fine and by the time I got here it had crashed. 
Um, well, I mean, I think really literally it was probably in the course of those couple of weeks that the <laughs> yeah. economy totally crashed. <laughs> Luckily, you had a couch to crash on. Uh, luckily, I, I had a couch to crash on, exactly. Um, and then I was fortunate, the timing worked out such that um, a new woman had started running South by Southwest Film Festival. Her name is Janet Pearson, and she was looking for help on the PR side for the film festival. It was just really terrific timing, honestly, and um, I'm really lucky about that. So, Did you know what South by Southwest was at that time? I knew, yes and no. I mean, I think I had an awareness of it as a big music thing. Um, mm-hmm. I'd come the previous year for 24 hours with a client who had a film premiere, but I didn't really experience the festival. I'm not sure I knew there was an, a technology side to it. Right. Um, but I knew it was a big game in town. That was kind of the extent of my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, the film festival itself was more of a regional festival as opposed to um, what it's become now, which is a top tier premiere event, you know, along the lines of Sundance and Toronto and Cannes. And right. it's a big, big player in the space. But at the time, it was more of a regional fest. So it wasn't as much on my radar from the talent side, where most of my clients were going to the bigger festivals regularly. Um, right. And the year before, if you got there in 2008, then the year before would have been the year that Twitter launched, right? At the festival? Twitter launched, I believe, in. I thought it was 2000, the 2008 festival. Oh, okay. Um, so March 2008. Yeah, I believe that's the right narrative. I'd have to go double check. But Did it seem to just expand like crazy after that? Yeah, I think 2009, which was my first festival, um, things were growing pretty rapidly. 2010 and 11 was when um, interactive registrations basically doubled in a year, and that's that's when it exploded. But yeah, the, the sort of launch of Twitter at South by Southwest is a bit of a misnomer because the the company had launched and was was operational prior to that. You're thinking probably 2007 is, is accurate for that. Mm-hmm. But what happened was at South by Southwest Interactive is when you could really experience it in context. So right. what there was a session going on, um, and I I think the story is there were screens in the room showing what people were tweeting. And so everybody started to engage in conversation about what was going, I think, quite frankly, wrong with this session. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it was just the power of it was quite clear to this, you know, early adopter tech set who then, you know, just exploded from there. Yeah. So that that's that it's not that they launched the company here, it's that the experience of it and had reached critical mass in our environment, which is where a lot of things experience here, whether it's a brand or a band being discovered or a filmmaker breaking out. That's sort of the the narrative of South by Southwest in general for 30 years now. Yeah. And there always seems to be like one thing that sort of is like the big thing. I know last year, everybody was talking about Periscope or not Periscope, but uh, Meerkat. Meerkat. Yeah. 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 Which is sort of funny to think because Periscope came out two weeks later and then Meerkat died. Yeah. (laughs) Um, or maybe they didn't die. I'm sorry, Meerkat. Maybe you're still out there somewhere. But um, Twitter just but shut yeah. down their APIs or something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> kind of got to figure. I haven't had conversations with anybody at Twitter about this, but to some extent, you have to figure that Twitter had hoped to have their product ready before South by. Yeah, um, especially if they launched two weeks after. I mean, they're that. Yeah. Otherwise, that just makes zero sense. Yeah, I can't. You know, <laughs> that's my 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 detectiving right there. But. Uh, right. Who knows? Either way, they're they're doing just fine now. So, well, for for people, we've kind of talked about it already. But for people that listen to the show, there's there. I do have some international listeners that yeah. work deep in the world of sports, and there's a lot of people that work deep in the world of sports, and they're sort of consumed with their day to day, whether they're at like a college athletic department or something like that. So they just live in that world so much. So, can you just give like a rundown of what South by Southwest is in general, just for people that don't maybe they don't know. Sure, absolutely. South by Southwest is a 
cultural juggernaut is sort of how I like to describe it. It's a 10-day festival that happens in March in Austin, Texas. Um, its main focus is three-pronged. There's a music festival, there's a film festival, and there's a technology festival. And the various components of those include uh, conferences and parties and lounges and things of that nature. And then on the film side, film screenings and premieres. On the music side, music showcases. So the way that lays out, actually, the music is the first thing that existed back in 1987. It started as a, a music industry event. And when you think of music festivals, most people think of um, a fenced-in area, maybe eight to 10 stages over the course of a weekend. South by Southwest is built as an industry showcase event. So what, what we actually have now is we have taken over all of downtown Austin, and we use about 100 music venues, and there are 2,000 bands playing over the course of five days. So it's a huge experience for Discovery, and you'd see breaking acts and huge acts in small venues or it's just this sort of nonstop um, cacophony of, of, of new and exciting music. Um, so the Music Fest is at our heart. Um, and then there's a corresponding conference with that, sort of an a, a, a affiliated trade show um, with the whole event. The 10-day footprint begins with the first five days is the interactive event and the film conference. So those were both started in 1994, uh, about seven years after music began. And the interactive conference... At this stage, as as we mentioned before, is is um is pretty significant and large and, and a kind of a must attend for anybody who's a creative, digital, digitally minded person. Um, and it's five days of panels. I think last year they had about a thousand panels. It should be about that or a little bit smaller this year. Uh, and then the film festival part, if you were to pluck it out and take it on its own, it would be equivalent to any major film festival. Um, top tier events. So they play over the course of nine days, they play about 150 feature films, about 110 short films. Um, and so what you what you really get with all of those things together is this unparalleled mix of creative industries and people all in the same environment here in Austin, Texas in March, learning from each other, discovering each other, collaborating connecting in ways that they might never have otherwise because they're now they, they wouldn't have found each other it, being from disparate industries. Um, but that's kind of the magic sauce of South by Southwest in general. Yeah, and uh, like I definitely love that part of it because it seems like we, with the way that, that the internet is now, we live in a time where different creative disciplines are sort of meshing together. And, and uh, I guess maybe an example would be, like for me, I'm a designer and I listen to a lot of design podcasts, but some of my favorite podcasts or interviews to read are interviews that are creative people that are in a completely different discipline. So I listened right. to an interview with like Robert Rodriguez or somebody like that. And, sure. and and I think South by Southwest is this place where that sort of serendipitously happened over the last, you know, 10, 20 years. That's exactly right. And and that's one of the reasons why now that we've started the sports track, it's a really cool opportunity for sports industry to have access to all these other disciplines and all of our other attendees to come check out sports tracks because there's an opportunity for them to learn from experiences that the sports industry are presenting, but also they are showing up because they're engaged fans and consumers of sport or they're an athlete themselves or they have a kid who plays sports. And so they get to experience this sports-focused content at when they're showing up at a music festival or a film festival. So it's like, it's sort of everybody gets the best of both worlds. Right. And I, and I definitely want to do a little bit of a deeper dive on that. I do want to say I, I attended South by Southwest and I think it was 2012. And 
I mean, I had a blast. I, it was, it was one of those things that, uh, you know, I, I had heard about it and then, you know, I heard about it as a music festival, honestly. And then right. I just didn't even think about it as an interactive festival. And then, you know, sort of like after Twitter took off and started seeing people at the thing and all these hashtags and whatever, and you're like, ah, maybe I shouldn't go to this thing. Mm-hmm. And so I went down, had a blast. Um, I personally, just because of my discipline, went to a lot of events that were more design related. But I do remember seeing some things that were sports content even back then. So when did you guys decide to sort of, I know it's kind of three years ago, but what was it sort of that drove you to just break that off into its own world? Sure. Um, well, we've covered this, this interactive festival has featured a handful of sport related panels, um, sport and technology related panels over the course of the last, you know, 15, 20 years. Um, and the film festival has always had a handful of, of sport related films, maybe three to five or so. Um, the genesis of South by sports as a track, which is, as you mentioned at the, in the intro, it's a convergence track of South by Southwest um, which means for us, it's it's accessible to more than one of our individual badge types. In this case, interactive and film. So all of our registrants from both of those atten- events can attend all the sports programming. Um, and it's three parts. It's the panels, it's also the film screenings, and it's um, you know a corresponding events, parties, and things like that. So what we basically did was take something that we have been exploring a little bit um, in the past and expanded it and packaged it and, and gave it a real point of view and a focus so that we could attract members of that industry more distinctly. Um, The genesis in particular was back in 2012, fall 2012, when Steve Sable passed uh, from NFL Films. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar, but, um, you know, legendary pioneer in the space. And I'm a huge Hard Knocks fan. Right. Um, Just nuts for it. Such a great show. Yeah, it's like there's nothing better. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so at the time, I just thought, oh my gosh. And you know, I was still working with the film festival. I've been doing their PR, and and I'd helped. That had sort of evolved into a programming role over over a number of years. So I went to the head of the film festival, Janet Pearson. I said, we got to do something on storytelling and sports filmmaking in the film conference. And she said, yeah, great, let's go for it. And so you know this lit a fire under me in a certain way because I was so excited about it and went out and put together a really cool panel that featured, um, you know, the, the Connor Shell from ESPN films and Ken Rogers from NFL films and Ross Greenberg who ran HBO sports for a long time. And is part of the Genesis of, of hard knocks in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a really terrific, exciting panel. Uh, and following that, one of the people I'd reached out to, to participate, who was who ended up being unavailable, but but we stayed in touch was was a guy named Mike Tolan from Mandalay Sports. Uh, Mike's been a really successful film producer for a number of years, and now he's working for you know with Peter Goober and running his sports content company called Mandalay Sports Entertainment. And Mike said, you know, there's so much more going on in the the sports and entertainment and technology world, and and you know, there's more to be done here. And I was like, you're right, you're absolutely right. And so I came back to the powers that be here, um, and along with um, my colleague Andrew McNeil, who's from the interactive side originally and is also quite passionate about sports, uh, we sort of developed this concept for the three-day South by Sports track. And they said, okay, go for it. Why not? Um, Let's see what happens. And so we launched the first South by Sports fall, October 1st, actually, 2013, was when we announced that we were doing it for the 2014 festival. And we were fortunate enough to have secured Bill Simmons um, to speak at our inaugural event. 
and we were able to launch with with his illustrious name attached, which gave us a real validity to the sports industry pretty immediately. Um, and it was kind of go time from there. Yeah. And well, I think one of the things with Bill Simmons, if I could just inter- interject there, yeah, that's so interesting about him and that that people love about him is that he sort of has the almost like the techie startup story, you know, of this guy that sort of created the site and it sort of blew up. And then he he got involved with like ESPN and and all these other companies. Now he was he behind Thirty for Thirty? Didn't he have something to do with that? He yeah, absolutely. He worked. He he was a, a big part of that. And this was like the prime time. Yeah, prime time. I mean, and and the other thing was that you know he he's also really well known for his cultural fair and his passion for movies and and culture. And Grantland uh, as a site was built as a sports and culture site. So he kind of was just right in the wheelhouse of what we were trying to explore here. And it made perfect, perfect sense. And we were very, very lucky. He agreed to participate and, and, and join us. And he was speaking with Nate Silver from 538, which is, you know, w- was a great appeal to put those two together right. for our tech audience and our culture audience and the sports audience. So we were lucky. We were very, very fortunate that first year. Now, uh, can you kind of give us a, a rundown of, uh, do you know yet what films have been accepted for this upcoming year that maybe we can look, look forward to? Films? No, not yet. The, still, the film festival is still accepting films until November 3rd, actually. So if anyone out there has a sport-related feature or short they want to submit, you've got till November 3rd to get it in. But those those go through the traditional film festival programming process, and the film festival programmers take a look and decide what they're going to program for their you know, for their whole lineup. And then we take a look at, of that, things that are sport related, what makes sense to call as out as part of South by Sports, the track. Um, okay. So we won't know that until I would say end of January, probably like early Feb. So is what if, uh, I mean, how often are there, are there a lot of sports films that are entered every year anyhow? Like my, I guess my question yeah. is, what if some, what if no sports films are entered in the film track or get approved by the film track and you guys are like, there's no sports films when you look through the already approved? Well, it, it doesn't, it's not quite that linear. I mean, I think they, we, we do work with them. So, okay, okay. but they would, you know, they, as I mentioned before South by Sports existed as a track, they were already pretty regularly playing, you know, three to five sport films a year. So that there is a consistency to that. There, those, those tend to be made and submitted largely in the documentary space. Um, right. But, you know, we look for a mix and actually the film side is actually where we get, um, we get a little playful with our definition of sport. So um, this was another Janet Pearson great idea actually two years ago was there was a documentary that was submitted called Wicker Kittens, which was about competitive jigsaw puzzling. And we went ahead and called that a South by Sports movie because on its head, obviously that sounds super silly, but <laughs> you know, it's a competition and there's this right. drive to win and pursuit for perfection and, and there's a training element to it. And it was like, yeah, let's, why not? That's, let's push it a little bit. So what you find with our South by Sports film program is that it ends up being a really cool mix of compliments in theme, and it's not necessarily what you would think of as a straight-ahead, always a straight-ahead sports doc, you know? Right. Um, although you mentioned 30 for 30 and, and, and Simmons last year, we were fortunate to premiere the, um, the first Grantland feature, which was on Serge Ibaka, mm-hmm. um, and we had that, we were able to premiere that for the, through the film festival and make that part of South by Sports. Um, and it was just sort of this perfect match. And the filmmaking was beautiful. I mean, for the thing is, when I mentioned that it goes through the film festival progress, or I'm sorry, the process, is, you know, they have a very high high discerning level of, of taste. And so 
just because something is about an interesting sports figure, if it the filmmaking isn't there or you know there isn't something of high of standout caliber that makes it a South by Southwest movie and first, then it it won't work anyway. So, right. um, well, and I think people the thirty for thirty documentaries have really sort of brought that whole storytelling to the forefront. Where oh, completely. Uh, you know, it's almost honestly for me, I'm I'm more interested nowadays it seems like in the culture and things around sport than actually like what's happening on the field <laughs> yeah well i mean there are, i think you they're sort of inextricable right now um and a lot that's a lot of what we try to cover in our in our panel programming and and i think we're one of the few sports events that is um discussing that sort of in person because it's not just how sports and technology intersects but also the way that sport unites us as a as humanity, and what it what kind of impact it has on our culture, and what kind of impact on sport our our culture has on on it, and so uh, we we like the the chance to play around with that within our panel programming as well. Yeah, no doubt, and I think that uh, that's something that just the general public are starting to notice more as well. I know for me personally, my Makers of Sport is a side project for me. It's kind of a fun thing just to get to meet people and talk about things that I'm interested in. But my day-to-day is a, is a design company working in the sports vertical. And our motto is sports transcend and unify culture and that they connect generations. So it's sort of, you know, that's the why of my company is really why I love this idea with South by Sports so much because that's really almost like your core is like connecting sport and culture. Exactly. You nailed it. So I steal that. Let's, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, you mentioned panels. And one thing yeah. that you guys do very well are panels in, in all sectors of, of the different niches that happen to be at South by Southwest. I know that uh, you, you've done a lot of panels with like popular athletes and, and media personalities in, in the sports business. I know last year Ronda Rousey was a popular one and Dana White. Yeah. Um, and then you had another one with Charles Barkley last year. How have the athletes and maybe some of the famous famous media personalities embraced that side of the like your conference South by Sports? Um, they've been really really supportive and, and eager, and and it's testament to the brand of South by Southwest and the and the power of our of the platform that's been built for the last thirty years by by all the other components. We are really fortunate South by Southwest as a cultural and uh, technological destination is so strong that people have been really, really open to the opportunity to discuss sport here because it's a, it's access to a completely different audience that they might not normally have at traditional sports conferences or, you know, if it's just a consumer-facing event. A lot of what we do is designed as industry first. So, for example, we don't sell tickets to our panels um, or to our trade show. You have to have a badge. It's a registration-based system. Mm-hmm. So... You know, whereas with um, film screenings or, or music showcases, badges get in first. But then, if there's still capacity, we'll, we we will end up selling single tickets to an individual who wants to attend. But we believe that the core of what South by Southwest is about is really our conference learning opportunities and um, the networking that comes with that, and as well as our trade show where there's a lot of business being done. Have you seen much with maybe athletes that are starting to? think about getting involved from the startup side, like outside of, outside of, you know, actually playing the sport. Cause I know recently the Do- LA Dodgers launched, for example, a startup accelerator. So, yes. you know, these, these, these guys and girls, they have money, right. And yeah, 
and they're able to go to this thing. And we see, I know that, I guess there's a famous quote from, I think, Will I Am, and this may even completely be fabricated, but I know this is like, <laughs> it seemed to be used a lot, where Will I Am, um, you know, the musician uh, yeah. said, mentioned something about how in today's day and age, the the rock stars of our time are like the Mark Zuckerbergs. Like they're the people that right. are on like Rolling Stone as opposed to like actual rock stars. So I'm curious if the athletes are seeing that and wanting to kind of pull into some of that. I think there are a lot of them that are. Yeah, absolutely. We hear, we hear from um, a number of athlete reps who mention that. A lot of athletes, you know, are, are keen to learn about other business opportunities when they transition out of sport. Although we're not necessarily designing our conference just for athletes. Um, and, and partially because the time of year we fall, there's not a, a ton of um, free space in the calendar year. It's, right. It's, uh, you know, we've got good access to football players, kind of thread the needle on some basketball stuff. Uh, it's beginning a spring training for baseball, just at the beginning of the MLS season. So it's just like, yeah, it's March it's little Madness. Tough. Right. March Madness is coming yeah. in the middle of March Madness or coming up on March Madness, depending on the year. Um, you know, hockey's in season. So, so it's a little bit challenging for us to get current athletes who are in season, uh, though we've been successful in some regard. I mean, ultimately, we're designing ourselves to be an opportunity for sports industry from all the sports at all the levels. So that it's a real mix of not just those pro level leagues or teams or athletes or their reps, but also people from the collegiate side, people from the youth sports world, people from the rec sports world, from the alternative sports world, from, from tech world who really want to get into the sport universe or the virtual reality industry um, who's designing for training. Or, you know, it's really that, that broader audience that we're designing for. So that, that's when we produce a very wide range of topics that are not always athlete-specific. Right. And so I think what's, what's sort of like your... It seems to you that you have a balance, right? Where you have some events where the general tech nerd that maybe likes sports can come and watch uh, one of these panels of maybe like a Ronda Rousey or somebody that they they admire, and then you have things that are a little more deeply vertically integrated in terms of the business side of sports. Would that be true? That's exactly right. That's dead on the money. So we're not too heavy in any one sport or any one level of sport, but what we try to do is make within this broad range of topics, we try to make every single individual session and um, topic itself have a very granular angle, be focused enough and specific enough so that it's forward thinking in a way that attending sports industry are able to take something new away. Um, people who are attending a lot of sports events and reading sports news all the time are going to be looking for new content. They're not not going to be looking to hear the same old thing. Um, and alternately, speaking to that attendee who's here for interactive or film and maybe not sports primarily, there still may be a business application for them to take away that they can apply, whether it's coaching um, through lines and how they work with their team on uh, in their company, or if it's a data and anal analysis technique or a marketing strategy, they can take that away and apply that to their own business, even if it's not sport-related. And then ultimately, we're creating an opportunity for the engaged sports fan who's attending South by Southwest to see somebody they like, like Charles Barkley, um, and and hit that nostalgia factor. One example I always give, which I think is a really, really hit the nail on the head for us last year, was a session called, Can MLB Data Solve Arm Injuries in Youth Pitchers? Mm -hmm. So very niche, very specific. However... 
extremely relevant to the future of baseball on the whole. So it's forward thinking in that regard. It's sort of, it's got an appeal for the tech and data set because what we're talking about is looking at the data and analytics of tracking some pitchers arm starting in little league in a way through an app that a coach and a parent can communicate. And then that, you know, they're, they're watching from afar and then it's developed and the later coaches can access it. And then it goes to the scouts. And so all of that sort of tech and data appeal is really firmly rooted in there. And then the last part is that maybe there's somebody whose kid plays baseball and they're going to show up and attend because they want to know how to protect their kid's health. So it's a really unusual mix of people in the room there that then dynamic allowing for that very specific topic to have a very broad application. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, when you talk about coaching, I know that last year or maybe the year before there was a, there was a talk called innovation in big time college football and Cliff Kingsbury of Texas tech was there. Um, Uh so I'm curious, like from the coaching side, are you seeing, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, he's a, he's a fairly big name in, in college football. Are you seeing coaches that are kind of becoming interested in, in this world? Absolutely. Um, and actually that was, that was our first year, that 2014 event we had Cliff Kingsbury here. And this year we were fortunate to have our Bryles and he was on a session with, um, a coach named Kevin Kelly. Are you familiar with him? He's a, a high school coach in Arkansas at Pulaski Academy. I do not the know. Coach who, he's the coach who never punts. I know Kevin Kelly, the founder of Wired. <laughs> oh yeah. Different, different <laughs> Kevin Kelly. Um, well, well, coach Kelly is, is famous for his, he never punts. Um, So on fourth down, they never punt. And that's a very unusual strategy as a coach. But so we put the two of them together on a panel and uh, George Schroeder moderated it. Um, He's been a really terrific college football writer for a long time at USA Today. But it was really neat to watch the two of them kind of learning from each other. I mean, you got this, this, you know, Bryles is at the top of his game in college sports. And then he's sitting there listening to, you know, Kevin Kelly and going, so, so what's your approach on that? You know, and like they're really kind of engaging um, and learning from each other, which allows the audience to learn and really think through things in a critical way. Um, that's our goal. You mentioned the, uh, the Dodger Accelerator launching. Um, I happen to know that a number of folks affiliated with that attended a session at our event this past year that the MLS produced um, talking about what a lot of the top teams in the MLS are doing for in-stadium fan engagement tactics. And I believe that the, the major league baseball people were taking notes. Um, so that's really the kind of environment and opportunity we want to foster with our programming where everybody can be learning from each other and connecting in that way. Right. Well, and I think you actually, it's kind of funny that, you know, you have Cliff Kingsbury and then you have Art Bryles, both Texas coaches or coaches in the state of Texas. And I think, no Charlie Strong. Yeah. yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe you have them next year after knocking off Oklahoma. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, well, maybe. We, uh, we all we all know most of us know Austin's a great city for beer, barbecue, music. Uh, but you know, and and then also obviously in recent years, there's kind of been a a symbiotic relationship almost between South by Southwest and then like the growth of tech entrepreneurship in uh, absolutely in Austin. But Texas, you know, it is a state with multiple teams, multiple sports teams. So I think how much does you you kind of touched on some of it with just those coaches, but how much does that location also play into SX sports specifically with all that you know, access? I think, I think, and, and actually I joke about this with my, I mentioned my co-programmer Andrew, I joke about this with him. Um, we actually, not much, we're actually really see ourselves as much more of a global, globally uh, oriented program. Um, and, and just sort of happened two years in a row to do 
college coaches from Texas um, who are terrific and qualified and the panels were great, but um, we won't be doing that this year. So in an essence, you know, there's, there is a lot to mine from in Texas, but we're not regionally focused. Now, is, is it, is there still a very heavy tech sort of, I don't know, I guess for lack of a better word, bias in a lot of these things? Like, are you, you're not bringing in people from like the CFP playoff committee, is that something that you're maybe looking to in the in the future? Like, how are those people analyzing who's getting in or whatever? I'm sorry, you cut out there. The call, are you saying we're not getting people from the college football playoff committee? I'm or saying, you're... are you like, is that something that you you have done, or maybe you're looking into getting into? Where um, there's maybe it seems like a lot of this stuff kind of has a little bit of a tech heavy vibe, right? And so, like, as far as like the Traditionally, the sports business has not necessarily been super crazy techie. I guess if if that if you get what I'm trying to say. (laughs) So are you are you trying to how are you pulling in those types of people? I guess that are maybe a little more stodgy in terms of that type of world. Um, I would say what we're really just trying to do is create the right balance of content. Um, and so that means, you know, in many essences, technology is a through line and a base, a baseline for what we start with. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily is it always the focal point of the content, but it is integral to everything that anybody's talking about. Um, so that's part of it. The other part is really trying to provide an experience that's new and different for people who've been in the sports industry for a long time and have done a lot of these sports conferences and heard a lot of the same conversations. We're trying to be different in that way. So essentially what happens is we'd love the college football playoff board people to attend and, and experience the event. And actually we've, we've, we've had conversations with them um, and they want to participate in some way. But because I mentioned as our audience is so diverse, we're not always going to go for that B2B play, whether it's in programming or environment. So I think what they find is actually they show up and they really enjoy how informal and relaxed it is. Um, You mentioned beer and barbecue, which actually is a a very strong and tangible about why South by Southwest is such a successful event. It's nice in Austin in March. It's fun. It's laid back. Business actually gets done, I think, in greater scale because it is so informal, because people are relaxed and having a beer together in a different way. Um, It's much less buttoned up. So... Yeah, I mean, I think the answer to that question is like we absolutely want them here. We want them to experience it. We want them to be sparked by new things because of it. But we're not looking to to program a lot of content that is more traditional, thirty thousand foot view, B two B execs in suit style. That's not necessarily right. what we're going for. Well, it's kind of staying in that same vein as far as you mentioned business. A lot of business gets done because you're having maybe coffee with somebody or a beer with somebody or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that. South by is really big on events. There's a lot of after parties at night, uh, yeah. private parties, sort of off the record things that happen and, and all that. Um, what types of events are there specifically just for the sports lot, so to speak, like something that you can kind of, if you wanted to really target your audience and you go there just for sports, are there things that are geared just for that, that you can go to? Yeah. Most of the sports programming takes place at the four seasons hotel. Um, so we've got three panel rooms running concurrently over the course of our three days there. And then in that space, we've got some associated lounge space. So people are sort of schmoozing in there all day. Last year, NBC sports did a really terrifically smart activation where they built a, um, they called it the NBC sports lawn. And it was essentially, uh, just a great outdoor lounge where they were playing English premier, premier league games and, um, golf 
all day long on their screens and they were serving beer starting at nine o'clock and had some lawn games like cornhole. And it was just a very relaxed environment um, that was really additive to a lot of the attendees. So people were able to find each other there or wander in and out of panels and and catch up with others in that space. Um, We have had some specific like a sports kickoff reception. Octagon sponsors our South by Sports kickoff reception. So there's a party the first night. Um, a number of things like that. They'll vary year to year um, depending on on who we partner with on the brand side. But um, there will be a, a fair number of those kinds of networking opportunities uh, just to connect with sports industry. Yeah. Have you guys been able to sort of forecast what this year looks like in terms of, I know that films haven't been picked yet, but as far as like panels and and things like that, uh, are those finalized yet? I'm going to tell you to go to sxsw.com slash sxsports, and you'll find all of the content we announced today. Um, but yes, yeah, so what we do is we we identify in advance um, a number of sort of big picture top line topics that we absolutely want to address in some form. And then we go through our programming process, which involves um, this system called the panel picker, where we drive everybody to input their proposals and ideas through the system in the summer. And then we go through and do a significant amount of evaluating and, and assessing of those ideas. We see what's come in through that process and whether or not that matches up with the topics we've already identified, for one. Two, is it a good angle that's been submitted? Is it well thought out and well described? Three, are the speakers qualified for any of the above, none of the above? And we kind of curate behind the scenes from there. Um, And then once we've identified the content that's come through Panel Picker, which is where we're at now, that's what we'll be announcing next week, um, we take a look at the big picture topic spread and we see what's missing. And that's where we start filling in those blanks and, you know, sort of like, oh, we're missing, we don't have anything on hockey yet. We need to put together something that's on hockey. And then we sit down and we say, well, what's the right angle for next year? Like we're going to, what's the most pressing topic or who's going to be the most interesting speaker? And we start to build around that. So, yeah. Does, does the sports side, or as far as like the panel picker and things like that, are you guys able to, maybe see and identify trends in terms of maybe there's a lot of one particular topic that is that is submitted? Oh, completely. That's one of the most um, interesting things about the panel picker on the whole, which all of South by Southwest uses. Um, last year, I think we received something like 15 submissions on in-arena technology. So that tells us something quite quite big. It's a really good barometer reading of things like that right? Um, because it's what the community is interested in. And maybe none of those submissions were all that well put together, or maybe one had a great angle, but another one had the right panelists. And so, you know, we're still picking and choosing from there. This year, we saw a lot of media-related panels, mm-hmm. um, which are good and interesting um, and, and mostly related to how that impacts the cultural side of things. So that's good for, that matches well with what we're looking to do this year. What about podcasting? See much about that? Um... Because with startup and cereal recently, well, you know, South by Southwest did sure. I mean, I think that's we have other tracks um, throughout the rest of the event, other convergence tracks. One in particular is called Future of Entertainment, which is where podcasting content would live. So I didn't actually see a lot of those proposals because I was focused on the sports stuff. But yes, absolutely, um, a lot of that comes in. You know, when you're looking at four thousand entries in a glance, you get a sense of, a, of <laughs> yeah. what's coming through. That was how many entries. Um, South by Southwest Interactive received. We received about 150 for South by Sports, and ultimately we'll have 51 slots. So 
that's pretty significant. And we, we won't be taking everything at all from, from Panel Picker directly, but it's a really good base to start from. Absolutely. So I think that one of the things that interests me the most about South by Southwest is it seems like that there is, there's no equal event in the world that really sort of like after the event, you can point to something that's going to trend in like the next six months to a year. I mean, it's insane. Like responsive design or like just some of the things in some of the other areas of, of design or creativity. And so, I mean, I really want to encourage the people that are listening to this show to uh, maybe if you have been deep in in your field and you're kind of paying attention to your day to day, if you want to know what's going to happen in the future of sports and tech, like this is where this is where you have to look, in my opinion. What well, are your I thoughts on some that. of this? Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on some of the future of of sports and technology? I mean, uh, is there anything that sort of you can predict for us uh, that maybe we should be paying <laughs> attention to? Oh God, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't deem myself that expert yet. Um, I would say I'm biased, and I, I totally agree with that assessment about how <laughs> we're the only place in the world like this. Um, but I also would say I think if we're doing it right, then that's exactly what happens. If, if you saw somebody at South by Southwest, then they're going to break big in a, within the next year or two. Um, that's when we want to have people here speaking, and we really aim with our programming. Um, I, with sports in particular, I look for a ratio of about 30 to 70. So that's about 30% big names, bold-faced names, whether it's an athlete or a exec or a brand that you know. And then 70% is that kind of discovery, percolating tech, percolating ideas kind of perspective. So that's what we're trying to produce. In terms of what I see as is, uh, is really cool trends coming out in terms of future tech, I mean, obviously, I think you can't discount virtual reality and augmented reality and how that's going to impact sport, whether it's the actual active performance or whether it's um, engagement as a fan or um, from a league or brand side of getting people to attend your games. I mean, everybody's everybody's paying attention to what's going on in the VR space, um, which is pretty exciting. There's so many different potential applications. And uh, in fact, South by Southwest has launched a new track of programming called the VR AR track. It's a super creative name. Um, and that <laughs> will be a couple, I think it's actually three days of programming taking place the second half of the week. So that will be all VR AR focused. We'll have a little bit of VR AR stuff in sports itself, but I mean, there's just so much going on in general. That's going to be a big thing coming out of South by Southwest this year for sure. Yeah, and I think uh, I mean I want to say this past weekend I saw a uh, a feature on on like College Football Live or a Sports Center uh, area of college football where they were talking about VR and Stanford yeah. football using it to sort of train their quarterbacks. Yeah, totally. And and about about a year ago, I had a guy on who uh, his name's Hans Anderson. He works for ESPN and the uh, um, Emerging Technologies Group, uh, talking about like augmented reality and like what's yeah. it going to be. I mean, it, literally, that thing touches so many areas of of yeah. sport. Everything from just like the fan and media experience side to what you're watching on TV to actually the players getting trained. Totally, the potential is massive, um, and so this would be a good environment to come learn about that. So for people that have kind of listened to this conversation and, and maybe we've piqued some of their interests, uh, can you maybe give us just a little, even if it's not sports related, but, but something that is maybe like a must-see event or like a big sponsor or maybe even just like a who's who of professional athletes we might be able to see at this, at this event this year? Well, I can tell you that um, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver will be present and accounted for for one of our featured sessions, which I'm pretty excited about. He's right. 
one of the most innovative people in the sports industry, hands down. Certainly the NBA is a very, very progressive league. And in the year that he has been in office as commissioner at the NBA, the impact he's had is so, it's quantifiable. You can actually really see it both in innovations the league has made and how Mm -hmm. the culture of that organization has changed. So we are really, really excited to have him here. In terms of other big names, um, (laughs) I can't... I can't quite tell you that. I think I think it's almost like you know. It's so funny. I always we always have I used to have conversations on the film side of of um, with press, sort of saying, "Well, who can you tell me what movies are premiering?" And I would just get I would just say like, "Just trust me. You'll have you'll be you'll be more than able to fill your schedule with things to do and people to interview that are going to drive traffic." Yeah. Um, and I was never wrong. Um, so it, the, the, that's the cool thing about South by Southwest is. You know, we'll have people like Anthony Bourdain here, who's speaking for our South Bites track. And uh, you know, last year the film keynotes were people like Ava DuVernay, who is a is a really progressive filmmaker. Or the RZA was a film keynote. So um, you know, there's no shortage of really cool, exciting highlights. It's a little early for me to run through any of them. Um, cool. But but yeah, by the end of the year, you should, you know. You will definitely, if you're not already attending, you'll have a big fear of missing out. Very cool. And now you have sort of a registration, uh, a kind of stair step thing, right? Yeah, yeah. We have a we have sort of a, yeah. So to attend South by Southwest, you need a badge, as I mentioned earlier. And to attend sports programming, since it's convergence, you can attend with a, a number of different badge types: either a film badge or an interactive badge, or you can get a badge that's like a, it's called gold. Or platinum. Gold and platinum are just kind of combo badges. They're not priority access or anything. So if you have gold, you get into both film and interactive. And if you have platinum, you get into music, film, and interactive. I would recommend people buy the badge that will fulfill their other interests as well. So if people are interested in seeing more movies than just the sport-related movies, then you should get a film badge. If you're interested in hearing a lot more tech-related talks, you could get an interactive badge. If you want both, go for gold. If you plan to stay past Tuesday then you'd want a platinum badge to get access to music. But if you're only coming in for sports Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a platinum badge is not not necessarily worth your energy since no music programming begins till Monday. Gotcha. Um, and then yeah, there's like a there's like a early bird registration deadlines. So if you buy before October 23rd, um, that's the next registration deadline. If you just go to the website sxsw.com/attend. It's got sort of a list there of the pricing and and comparison between the different badge types and what those get you. Cool. Now, is there are there any being an Austin resident, right? And then having being yeah. someone that's involved with South by, it can be just for somebody that's going down for the first time <laughs> a little overwhelming. Because yeah. <laughs> I think yes. when I went down, it was it was just I I was blown away at how big it was. Do you have any? I tips? have heard that. Are there is there anything? It's like go do this. Make sure you don't miss this thing, or you know anything like that. That's the cool thing about South by is like you can have a schedule of can't miss things and then you might miss them all and have the best possible time. So the best advice I can give is try to stay in close proximity to downtown Austin, whether it's at a hotel or, or private rental, like an Airbnb or something. Um, there is Uber and Lyft and, and great transportation and bike share and car to go options now in town, but it's just the, the scale of South by Southwest is something it's even hard for me to believe sometimes. I've been here now seven years. This will be my eighth South by, and I just can't help but marvel at how 
you know, how large and exciting it is. Uh, the energy in the air is just kind of crackling. There's 80,000 registrants. There's over 200,000 people who come through on the 10-day period. We produce 5,000 live events at over 200 venues in those 10 days. Um, and that is what it feels like. That's um, craziness. Yeah. And I'm sure, it just, I'm sure it just gets even bigger every year. I mean... It does get bigger. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we had some really explosive growth for a number of years. I think we're at a point now where... The city of Austin hotels and uh, and sort of venue space is is sort of keeping us at a certain lot size, which is a good thing because um, you can't exponentially grow forever. That's just unmanageable. Yeah. Um, so we're really, you know, one of the reasons I think I mentioned earlier that Interactive would have fewer sessions this year is because we want to really emphasize quality over quantity in what we're producing, the official stuff we're producing. We're still producing a lot. You'll never be able to attend everything or see everything or hear everything or see everybody, but just try to come with a good attitude and open attitude and let let the event take you where it will because that's the best way to go about it. It's that it's that unexpected. That's what people really find here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now you guys have kind of expanded, just not 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 necessarily SX Sports, but South by in general. You guys are doing something in Vegas now. What is it, like a venture capital event or something? Yeah, we have a few different. Um, so we call them our family of events. So. A few years ago, we started a conference called South by Southwest V2V in Las Vegas in the summertime, which was meant to be sort of, it's a, a three or four days, I think it was four this year, previously three, um, startup and entrepreneurial focused. So a much sort of smaller event. We also have a eco conference called South by Southwest Eco that just wrapped up. It happened last week, which is looking at sustainable design and um, intelligent sort of future of design and, and um sustainability issues. And then we have an education conference called South by Southwest EDU. That takes place the four days preceding South by Southwest in March, um, which is their a fantastic event as well. Gotcha. So yeah, we got a lot going on here. Yeah, no doubt. It's something for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just kind of wrapping up here, where can listeners follow you online? And then uh, maybe if they wanted to get straight to South by Sports. Okay. Um, I'm online. I'm on Twitter at Rebfef, which is just the first three letters of my first and last name, um, R-E-B-F-E-F. Um, and then there's also the South by Southwest handle at SXSW. Uh, the South by Sports website is sxsw.com slash sxsports. Uh, pretty simple there. Awesome. Well, yeah. I appreciate your time for coming on. And like I Thank mentioned, you for having in, uh, me. yeah, no problem. And, and like I mentioned in our uh, conversation a couple of weeks ago, I'm super excited about that you guys are doing this. I mean, I think it's a great time to be working in sports, the intersection of sports and technology. And uh, I'm excited to see where this thing goes. Thank you. I hope we don't disappoint. I hope we produce something you want to see. All right. Well, I, thanks again, Rebecca. I appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. My next guest is going to be Ashley Strauss. Ashley is the Director of Creative Services for Mississippi State's Athletic Department. And I'm actually going to be heading to Starkville, Mississippi to conduct that interview in the Bulldogs facilities with Ashley and also while there watch my beloved Kentucky Wildcats take on her Mississippi State Bulldogs that Saturday night in Davis Wade Stadium. Uh, Ashley and I have actually been talking about maybe trying to do something a little different. I don't know, maybe we'll periscope the interview or give a, a little bit of a tour of the facilities. In the meantime, you can follow Ashley at Ashley Strauss, S-T-R-A-U-S-S. Big thanks again to Rebecca Pfefferman for coming aboard the podcast today and giving us some information on SX Sports. 
I am heading down there this year and am extremely excited to be going for my second time. So if you are also going, then be sure to let me know and maybe we'll kind of get together for a tweet up or, or Makers of Sport impromptu event and, uh, and kind of hang out. I do recommend that even if you don't go, that you go to SoundCloud and search for South by Southwest, SXSW, and then they actually have some of their talks from the previous years uh, of SX Sports on SoundCloud that you can listen to for free. Actually, you can get there if you just go to soundcloud.com slash makers of sport and then look at some of my favorites. Uh, you'll see some of the talks from there, including the Cliff Kingsbury one that we were talking about earlier. Also, uh, as Rebecca mentioned, follow her on Twitter at RebFef, R-E-B-F-E-F. And to find out more about the conference, head over to sxsw.com slash sxsports. Also, please be sure to head over to makersofsport.com slash episodes to hear more from these guests, including Rebecca and previous guests, and also where uh, the halftime shows are at. Uh, in those, it's a 20-minute show that's on the off weeks of interviews where I discuss entrepreneurship, freelance, and more in the sports vertical. Also, please be sure to go sign up for the weekly newsletter, Weekend Reads. Um, actually, Rebecca mentioned coaching earlier, coaching and leadership, and this week's topic was about coaching, creative direction, and credit, uh, where I sort of discuss how those how those three sort of intersect. Uh, anyway, every week I write a newsletter, share the things that I'm reading, uh, things that I find inspiring or interesting, and then also, just like the article I just mentioned, I'll write things like that and then release info about upcoming guests. Uh, and then also I send this podcast show notes delivered right to your inbox. So if there's any links or anything that you want to kind of follow up on from the, the podcast, something that we talked about, those will be there as well. You can go there by going to uh, signing up at makersofsport.com slash email. Lastly, please take one to two minutes and head over to makersofsport.com slash iTunes. Hit the five star and write about your experience with the show. If you've gotten value from myself or any of the guests on this podcast at any time, then please share that show and rate the content so that others can discover that value for themselves as well. Likes, ratings, or reviews will also be accepted if you don't have an iTunes account on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you happen to be listening to this. Liking, sharing, and rating the show really do help the show, guys. I don't sell ads on this show. Uh, it's all about providing valuable content for free. And getting more people to discover that content helps the show for sure. Uh, I'm at T. Adam Martin on Twitter. The show is at Makers of Sport. Until next time, have a good week. <laughs>